We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest on the Kansas Jayhawks from KCSN, which features three shows each week in Border War, hosted by former Jayhawks guard Jeff Hawkins and Mizzou forward Jarrett Sutton. Ain't no seats with Ryan Reinhardt, Anthony Bax, and Braden Turner, and Booth Review, covering Jayhawks football with Kent Swanson and weekly special guests. Make sure to hit that follow button so you don't miss anything. Stay up to date on all things KU with KCSN. And now, the latest on the Kansas Jayhawks. All right, folks, before we get started with today's episode, we got to talk about our title sponsor, Emprise Bank. There's more options to banking now more than ever. Who you work with is more important than how close they are to your home. Emprise has digital banking that meets you where you are, on your phone, on your computer, or in your smartwatch. A trusted partner is at your fingertips. Shout out, Emprise Bank. Uh, let's get to it. We got a uh, third mic tonight that is not AB. It looks a little different than our normal third mic, but this guy's a little better at uh, basketball than old AB. We've got Landon Lucas, a guy we I think we've tried to get you on a few times, but it's just never worked out. Um, happy to have you on. I guess before we get going, kind of just, I'm sure people are curious. I know you have a podcast, so feel free. I know we're competitors, but you can give it a shameless plug. But uh, no, just update us on... <laughs> Update us on what you're doing these days and, and what have you been up to since your KU days? Uh, well, I currently am just hanging out. I live in Arizona now, um, golfing, playing some poker. I got two little kids under two years old, so that takes up a lot of my time. Kind of a full-time uh, dad right now. But uh, I, I was playing a little while afterwards and played overseas a little bit, had some opportunities in the summer league and whatnot, but ultimately – uh, just decided that if it wasn't the highest level of basketball, it was really hard for me to, you know, continue to push my body through injuries and fight through it. Honestly, that my play style is not very fun. So I, I really like to be doing it on a on a very good team and in the top level. And um, when that really wasn't the option for me, uh, I just decided to move on. I, I'm interested in so many other things and uh, getting into more of that now. I got to play poker quite a bit. Um, you know, I'm pursuing that further. Field of 68 reached out to me about maybe doing some uh, sports media stuff. So I've been doing that a little bit, getting into it, trying to be like you guys and uh, just exploring all kinds of stuff, uh, trying to see what I want to get into, you know, permanently moving forward. Yeah. 
Love it. Love it. And we, uh, we saw a lot. You mentioned poker, but we honestly, what caught my eye last night and the reason we even reached out to have you on tonight was uh, you put on a little, got involved in a little sports betting last night. And did what, <laughs> yes. You know, we are big advocates of if the Hawks are down inside Allen Fieldhouse and you can oh get them God. as an underdog, it, you, you have to do it. You just they, They've made me so much money uh, <laughs> betting them live. I mean, I, I think I, I made about five grand last night just betting them. My girl's the DJ and she's the one that really bets them. But as soon as I saw them down uh, 10 with like five minutes left, uh, plus 550, you're telling me that Kansas at home with five minutes left and possession down 10 can't win that game one out of five or six times. And, and you know, my poker uh, mindset kicks in where when you find a spot like that, you just have to take it, you know, and, and yeah. if it loses sometimes, but more times than not, you're going to, you're going to make profit off of that. And uh, yeah, I, I think the algorithm just doesn't factor in the fact that uh, coach self and Allen Fieldhouse is, is a really uh, great combination. It's hard to, go in there and finish the job very often. Yeah. So obviously Allen Fieldhouse is a magical place. Um, and I just wanted to know, like from a player standpoint, like when you played at KU, was there ever a time where you, like you, I guess you felt like down on the team or you thought there was a chance they might lose, or did you always feel comfortable in that building? You know, I always felt pretty comfortable. And, and the story that I tell people a lot is that you know, with the home and home in Big 12, you get a chance to play every team twice a year. And it's crazy how often a team feels like a completely different team in Allen Fieldhouse than it did on the road. I mean, it, it almost feels like your matchup just he gets fatigued a little quicker. He doesn't feel as strong as he does. Uh, you just feel bigger than them all this. I mean, it's it almost feels like you're playing a completely different team in Allen Fieldhouse. And then you put on top of that the fact that no – no matter how the game is going, you always feel like, okay, we're going to win this. Um, it, it's a shock win that it doesn't go your way. And that's only happened to me a few times in Allen Fieldhouse. But, mm -hmm. you know, no matter what the game was, it just always felt like, okay, you know, we're down or things aren't going our way, but we're going to come back and win. And I think last night you saw, you know, that long stretch of it's felt like hours in real time of no basket. And yet they ended up coming back at the end and, and winning it, um, it just gives you that confidence. And I'm sure it takes a ton of confidence from other teams. It has to just based off of, you know, my experience playing against those teams. Yeah. And I mean, both, both big 12 games so far at home have been nail biters. K you had to come from behind mm -hmm. and obviously you want to win comfortably, but those are almost more fun for me. Cause you know, the field house is going to come alive and just you talking about um, the field house where people would kind of crumble, like thinking of two games you played in would be the OU game. Um, mm -hmm. the three overtime game where dudes are hitting the backboard on free throws for OU. I think the same thing with West Virginia and me and Ryan have talked about this all the time. I feel like no one ever hits clutch shots late in Allen Fieldhouse. Mm -hmm. Like they're complete bricks last night. They had a chance to tie it late and it was an air ball, I think, but mm -hmm. I guess just touch on why Allen Fieldhouse is so special. And it's just, it feels like there's like ghost in there. Well, and yeah. actually, I had I wanted to say this. Like, do you can you sense kind of on what B-Turn's saying? Can you sense? I felt like last night. I think it was after Jalen's three. Mm -hmm. Can you sense when the building has all of a sudden? You can tell OU was starting to dribble a little differently, and they were a little yeah, more yeah, tight. Yeah. Like, can you as a player sense that? Is like, okay, these guys are officially shook. Now's the yeah. time we we pounce. 
I, I still can as a fan watching on TV. I, I mean, it's just crazy how how you you notice it, and it's from the beginning. I mean, while while we're going through warmups and stuff, I remember you know you could just kind of feel it from the other team that they know that they're going to be lucky to even keep this close. And then once they do, it almost feels like they're just waiting for that momentum shift, that shift. And then once it comes, it's just like, all right, here we go again. You know, and um, yeah. you could just see it in them. You can see how um, their shots change. You know, as you said, it's, it's tough to make clutch shots for them. They start making mistakes um, and then it just goes downhill. And um, I think it's just a testament to the fans um, and then just the history of it. I, I feel like even the other team pulling up to the, the field house, they just know like, all right, this is going to be hell yeah. for us to try to get a win in here. Um, and so it, it's such an advantage, especially in a league as tough as the Big 12. Right. Who was the coach that called timeout when they went up 2-0 in Allen Fieldhouse? God. Was there a coach that did that? <laughs> Was it wasn't that wasn't it Scott Drew or something? Someone went up cool. two nothing in the field house and they called a timeout because they're like, holy shit. It might have been, but I mean Scott Drew's done some weird. I remember he pulled his guys out uh before yeah, our Coach intro Self, video. Coach hated that. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah, he that brought was... that up every time we played them. No, but the the OU game's funny because I remember that that game was incredible. Buddy had like Buddy had like 50 or 60 or whatever, but I remember like I think it was Kadeem Latin. He got a rebound late and was like beating his chest like they were about to win. He goes to the free throw line. I think he hit the backboard twice. Well, quick quick story on that. The reason uh, he was at the free throw line was because oh, yeah. of me. Uh, <laughs> I, I committed a, a over the back foul, which that late in the game it was a it was way too uh, ticky tack of a call. You got to just let us play. But all things aside, all I was thinking was I cannot. In, in the biggest matchup of the year, one versus two, I'm like, I cannot be the reason we lose this game. So please yeah. just miss this. But he went to the line and it was so broke. I mean, it was so, it was so funny. He knew it was going to be. I, I think uh, in the huddle, he had mentioned something like, you know, he's going to miss these. Just get the rebound and let's go to overtime. Like everyone knew that he, he had no chance. And OU, OU's had great chances to beat us at home now that I think about it. I know 16 and then even 17, I think that was Frank's senior night where he was just going nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, so they – and that's kind of a testament to Allen Fieldhouse when they flashed the graphic of last night that OU hasn't beat us in Allen Fieldhouse since 1993. It's crazy because there's been a lot of close games with OU. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's what it does. Um, so B-Turn mentioned the 2017 team. And we were kind of talking earlier, and it's like, so that team had huge expectations, I think, because obviously Josh Jackson came, Frank, Devontae, you, you guys were all back, Spee was back. But also, that 2016 team was really freaking good. You guys were number one overall seed, and you lost Perry and Wayne. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of look at it as like, okay, you replace Wayne – or you replace Wayne with Josh Jackson, kind of similar to how this team just plugged Grady Dick right into, you know, Ochai's spot or CB spot and McCuller in the CB spot. So it's like, does it, is it easy when you've got a core of guys back to just kind of say, okay, like Grady, I know you're young, but we know what we're doing. Just listen to it. Like, have you been impressed at how well and quick, this team is meshed, even though there are a lot of newcomers and, and new faces. Super impressed and super impressed with Grady. I mean, his maturity um, and the way he's handling some of these games and situations and stepping up and making plays. Um, 
Man, he's impressed me so much. And I thought this team, um, I, I said it, I, I think it was after just the preseason. It was before Duke. I thought this team had potential to be better than last year's team personally. And um, it, I, that was without knowing what Grady was going to end up turning into. Um, but to answer your question, I think it's, it is a big part of it. But it's also just a culture that's created at Kansas by Coach Self, by that coaching staff, by the history, by the former players. It really doesn't matter who's returning and who's back and stuff. It's going to be, um, you know, just embraced and, and um, everybody involved with the program who's been involved with the program is going to bring all those newcomers along to just let them know the crowd's going to bring them along. I mean, it you you bring everyone up to speed pretty easily. Obviously, it's helpful, especially in big games, to have people who've been through it. Um, but when you go to a school like Kansas, there's just those expectations that no matter uh, if you're a freshman, a transfer, if it's your first time playing there, uh, if you weren't a big contributor the year before, um, everybody needs to step up and fill those roles. And you can definitely feel that um, as a player at Kansas. So, yeah, so we're obviously super excited about this team, um, number two team in the country right now. And we've kind of talked about it. I personally think they can get even better, especially defensively, because I think Dewan, KJ, Kevin McCuller, Bill self-hypes him up a lot. So, I wanted to hear your thoughts on that and if you think they could get better as a team um, throughout the year and especially defensively. Oh, for sure. Um, especially with Coach Self because that's like his whole emphasis throughout the whole year is just figuring out how to be as good defensively as you can at the end. And I've watched um, games. I, I remember over COVID there were some games that popped up on TV and I've watched some tournament games that I've played in. And it's crazy to see just the defensive movement and chemistry that we developed at the end of the year compared to some of those earlier games in the season. Um, every Bill Self team seems to develop that throughout the year, and I think this team's going to be no different. They have a good core of defenders up front, which is the most important thing. Um, and then if they can figure out a way to handle bigs, I think that's going to be the biggest thing is how they handle a big that can pass out of a trap. Because if they uh, run into somebody like that, that could give them some troubles. But if they work on their rotation or if a big can step up and say, hey, I'm going to take him one on one, uh, then that's going to help the team uh, a ton in those games. But that would be my only worry as of now. The rest of it, for sure. I mean, it's just coach stuff. He gets some work in every day in practice to make sure that come tournament time, everybody's on the same wavelength. Everybody's moving together. Uh, and it's just flawless on defense by then. Yeah, so you mentioned bigs, and that's that's been a huge question mark from the beginning of the season. It was who was going to start at the five. People thought it was going to be Clements. KJ got the early start and has never looked back, and he, I mean, has had his, I mean, maybe the most improved player we've seen in a while from one year to the next. But there still is that question, I think, of like, okay, he is six, whatever. They list him as six, seven. I don't think he's six, seven. So you, <laughs> they as always big, a bit. <laughs> yeah, you as a big, like there's been stretches where early in the year, Ernest looked really good. There's been stretches mm -hmm. where Zuby looked really good. And then you see Clements last night coming and get 10. So like from your perspective, who do you see, you know, by late February, March as we, KJ is going to keep being the starter. I don't think he's losing his starting mm -hmm. role, but like, who's the guy that you see kind of emerging as that big off the bench that'll get big minutes in situations where we need them? I mean, it's a good question. It's one that I think Coach Self's been trying to figure out, that Staff's been trying to figure out. Um, I've personally, throughout the year, have continued to 
talk on on my podcast about oh some big needs to step up you know kj may not be the answer it may not be uh the guy who can play 20 30 minutes at that position and he continues to just prove me wrong i mean i don't know what i should learn from you know some of my years there where it felt like that was the narrative most of the time until i got some confidence and fit the team well played my role well and then it was best fit for the team and i think that he's starting to come into his own really feel confident um I think as far as, you know, those bigs go behind him, it just needs to be somebody that can come in and do uh, their role, which is going to be defense, rebounding, screen, and that's about it, um, to a very high level for those limited minutes. And I think you're right. KJ is going to continue to be the starter. He's shown enough. Um, It would be nice to get a little bit more rebounding at that position um, because not every night it's going to be as easy for those guards to come in and, get as many rebounds as they are, especially when you play those big teams like a Tennessee or something. But KJ's developing, and and that little um, mid-lane floater is perfect (laughs) against those big teams like a Tennessee or anybody they may face that has some big bigs. Um, But, you know, as far as those guys coming along, if I had to guess from what I've seen, I would say Zuby um, would be the guy who could play that role well. He sets really good screens. Um, I, I think defensively, he does a, a few good things. Uh, Zach obviously came in and hit some big shots, but, um, you know, I, I'm not sure who's who's going to be the guy, to be honest. Yeah. And I think that he's going to have to uh, continue to try guys out and hopefully those guys come in and play hard and um, don't do too much looking over their shoulder and really just take advantage of every minute they get out there because, you know, KJ is going to have a game where he gets in the foul trouble or there's going to be a game where there's a really big guy on the other side that is just maybe too much for him to handle. And at that point in time, um, you know, we're going to have to have somebody who we know, OK, this is who we're going to. And right now, I mean, it could be any one of four guys. I mean, it, and yeah, so that's Cam you know, Martin in this whole conversation. Even, even Cam, you know, I, I yeah. um, had him on the podcast and, you know, he was it was after he played a couple minutes and he was feeling really confident. Um, but you know, coach self is still telling him, okay, we know you can score, but you got to play defense. You got to rebound. You got to do those other things. And, uh, I, I think he's just waiting for somebody to step up and it's really tough around this time of year because in practice, everything gets cut short. You got managers in, you got, um, uh, you know, really some dummy defense, some walkthrough type stuff because of all the quick turnaround. So it's hard to prove yourself in practice going to come from those short minutes in games somebody stepping up and having um, a few uh, games back to back to back of nice stretch minutes for them them to really establish themselves um, in that backup spot you're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in kansas city kc sports network we'll be back right after this we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that excites me with KJ is you can tell he's been working. Um, like you yeah. said, he's developed a little, I guess, a little floater um, in the lane. And then he's he was terrible from the line to start the year. I think he's still at 59% for the year because of it. But yeah, lately, missed now. yeah lately, he's like 13. He's, he's 23 for his last 29. So, yeah, him working uh, is uh, – he's been working. But um, I guess, like, when do we get to a point where we feel – insanely confident just with KJ or do you think, do you think the fan base or maybe people like us aren't confident just because of his height? I, I think it has to do a little bit with the height. And I think, um, I mean, for me personally, it's just tough because I, I, I saw that Tennessee game and, you know, I saw kind of what happened uh, inside and there were some struggles with that size um, offensively and defensively. And you just wonder, you know, when that game comes back around and if it does in the tournament, what, what's the answer, but he has developed so much that I, I do think he could be that answer. Um, and if as a team, they start really um, finding a way to work together to fix some of those problems. He already kind of did on the offensive side, like I said, by developing that little uh, just stopping short of going into the bigs is helping him get a lot of shots off that he wasn't, you know, I remember in that Tennessee game, he was taking one dribble and trying to go up against the bigs and that wasn't working for him. So now, you know, maybe you replay that game and he's better offensively and then defensively, you know, if they can, um, you know, get some help defense a little better, he could be the answer, and, and I don't want to continue to write him off because he's just yeah. continuing to not write back, as Geno Smith said. But, you know, he, he, he's just continuing to develop, prove me wrong, and prove, you know, a lot of people wrong and show how valuable he is to this team. And so, I, I, you know, we have a lot of good tests in the Big 12, and we should be able to get a lot of answers, whether um, it's sustainable and he can start playing, you know, that 25, 30-plus minutes come tournament yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, I I uh, geniusly bet on the under on KJ Adams ten and a half points last night because I was like, okay, I love the guy, but like he's got to cool down a bit, and then he goes for twenty career high, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got I'm, nine I'm glad straight. He made me look stupid. Nine straight games yeah. and double figures. It's crazy, but well, that was a bad so, bet, I would say. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's great. wasn't a great night. Um, so Landon, you mentioned earlier like that kind of the narrative around you when you were at Kansas and me and B-Turn were talking earlier today, I feel like it's in a way similar to Dewan last year, because I remember when Dewan started, the fan base saw Remy on the bench, right? They were like, Remy's this exciting, you know, the guy that scored 20 a game at Arizona state. Why the heck's Remy not starting Dewan? Not flashy, but 
slowly and slowly we started to learn, okay, this guy does what Bill Self wants. He, mm-hmm. he buys into the system. And in a way, I think that's very similar to how you were. I think it took a while. I mean, you you had Sheck Diallo behind you, Cliff Alexander behind you. People were, you know, kind of saying like, wait, why are these McDonald's All-Americans not playing? And slowly we were all like, oh, it's because Landon seals better. Landon sets better screens. Landon rebounds better. So I guess how is that for you as a player? Did you did you hear those things and did it bother you? Or did you just kind of know, hey, I'm going to continue to do my job and the fans will eventually buy in? I mean, I, I definitely heard it because it was coming all the way down to Coach Self and the coaching staff. Uh, I mean, it was everyone. It wasn't just fans saying it. I mean, Coach Self would be honest with me saying it every year. Um, he would say it every week uh, that we have to find someone else. And, you know, that was just motivation to me um, to continue to play my role. And I think something that people um, kind of overlook is how good one player makes the players around him. Um, and that's just as valuable as how much you can contribute yourself is how good you make the other players. I mean, there would be small plays um, where I would seal somebody off and get a, give somebody else an easy layup or set a good screen or get an extra possession. Um, or on defense, I would be able to handle my guys so that everyone else didn't have to worry about, you know, helping out or whatever it may be. And those small things um, were noticed over time by Coach Self to the point where then it got to a point where he knew exactly um, what I brought to the team and I had full trust from him. And then from my teammates, they knew how much I could help them out. Um, and, and so I think that that's something that, you know, you, you talked about it with Dewan. Um, you see it a lot with KJ now. I mean, if you can just come in and make the guys around you better, play your role well, that, that goes a long way. Um, and it's not always the most talented player who can come in and maybe score a lot or do some things great that are, you know, uh, appealing to the eye and to the fan because there may be a lot of small things that aren't going well. Um, yeah. That's hurting the team in different ways that aren't being seen. And it may not be like a direct uh, something that you could easily point out. Um, but, you know, over time watching film, you can see, okay, hey, this is creating shots for other guys that are way more open than if so-and-so was in. Um, And and that just was kind of the narrative that built up until um, my junior year when the other four starters came up to, you know, the coaching office and they were like, okay, hey, we want Landon in there with us. I I think that that was something that it was like, okay, I finally, you know, kind of earned my way. Even after sophomore year, things going well and stuff, I had to really build it back again and build that trust to the point where those guys knew um, I was going to do everything I could to make it as easy as possible on them and do all the dirty stuff. Um, And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that role, especially on a team like Kansas. I mean, you're talking about the number one team most my last couple of years, we had really good teams and uh, being able to do it on a team like that. I mean, it's, it's rewarding. So um, I enjoyed it. And I think my teammates and coaches um, appreciate it as well. And you saw that in the minutes um, that I was getting my last few years. Yeah, and that's what we've said that multiple times this year. Um, and even last year, talking about Dewan is if Bill Self's playing you a lot or he's talking you up a lot, like you need to pay attention to that player because obviously he sees things a lot differently um, than us. And I think KU fans obviously can just be really spoiled. Like you said, it's not like you or Dewan average a ton of points, um, but we expect – We've had great point guards. We've had great bigs. Like we had Withy before you, T-Rob, the Twins, 
shady Cole Aldridge. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he was okay. He's pretty good. He's all right in the NBA. Um, and then Dewan, we obviously had Frank, Devontae, Sharon, Tyshawn, mm-hmm. all those good point guards. So when we see, I feel like when we see a guy not averaging 15, 20, and just going off every night, that we assume that I guess maybe they aren't very good. But yeah, you 2016, like we said, number one overall seed had a great chance to win it. And then 17, I think a lot of people can make a case for that being one of the best or at least most electric KU teams ever, at least under Bill. They were so, you guys were so good and you started every game. And I mean, yeah. like you said, Bill was on your ass saying he was going to over recruit you. And I know Doke was there, Diallo, Cliff. And I guess, yeah. I mean, you did everything right. And that's what I'm saying is you, you played your role perfectly. And that's what Dewan is doing right now. And I think KJ too, I think, people were down on him before the year and he's been awesome, but yeah, it's, I mean, so, your career was awesome. And it reminds me yeah. of Dewan. just, he yeah. finally got, he finally, we finally gave him his flowers last year after he was locking dudes up in the tournament. So, mm-hmm. and the, the similarity, and this was something I was going to ask you both redshirted, And I'm always curious, like sometimes it, it blows my mind for me, a guy that's watched Kansas basketball my whole life. And you know, you're watching and you're like, and it's kind of even like MJ Rice right now. Like you want him to do well, but you know he's missing those little things that Bill Self wants from him. And I used to always be like, you know what he wants. Just go out and do it. And it, and sometimes it seems hard for guys to, you know, get that. So did your redshirt year and do you think Dewan's redshirt year is you just kind of practice and, and sit there and observe during the game? Did that, like at what point were you like, okay, if I just go in, play defense, rebound, seal, set good screens. Like, did you just – did that day where that just clicked or did it take like a year of watching to really, really get that? Uh, I think, the you know, that's a good point you made about the redshirt year. I, I haven't really thought about it, but that is a lot of the time where I spent in practice making practices my games and developing some of that stuff. But I would say it was probably like – probably my junior year when it really hit me. Um, you know, my sophomore year uh, with Cliff, um, you know, having some troubles and stuff, I was able to get some some good playing time and start throughout the postseason and get some confidence. But then that following summer, we went over to Korea and that was a mess. Uh, Coach Self was on my ass the whole time. And I think I was really in that mindset like, oh, now that I started and, you know, had some good games, now I got to, you know, start hitting a turnaround jump shot and stuff, which, you know, that was just my next step progression when without really taking a step back to be like, okay, that's not me. Um, And I think my junior year, um, you know, when I started kind of getting into a flow with things and um, my teammates were were seeing it, it really um, hit me that I have a really simple job. I can go out there and execute no matter what. I mean, it's, I don't have to have a good shooting night. I don't have to rely on things bouncing my way. I can still play hard. I can still set screens. Well, I can still go after rebounds. I can still play defense. And like that took so much of the pressure off of me because I wasn't worried about, you know, oh, I got to go out there and perform on the offensive end or hope that things go my way. I could just do those things every night. And once that kind of clicked, Um, And then, you know, Coach Self was putting his full, you know, trust and confidence into me. Um, It it just was reinforcing in in my head, like, okay, this this is what I need to be doing. And then um, it was pretty easy after that. But it is tough and it's a battle. I mean, every time you take a step forward, you think that you need to be 
producing more on offense or you think, hey, I need yeah. to be doing this or that. Or, you know, you got people in your ear like, oh, you got to show a little bit of this or a little bit of that. And um, it's probably a struggle that a lot of guys go through. But ultimately, you got to come down to, hey, you know, this is what Coach Self is asking from me. This is what's best for the, from the team for the team. And then the further the team goes, it's going to just ultimately be better for you in the long run. And so um, I, I think you see some guys who can pick that up and get it, and it's easy for them. It became easy for me. Um, but there's some guys that just will go their whole career sometimes where it just won't register a click with them. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's probably split down the middle which way you go. So as much as it sounds like Bill was on your ass, I just want to talk about how much he loves you now. Um, I don't know if you heard recently, but I think it was Brian Haney talking to him, talking about the, I think it was a thing on Twitter. And so Brian Haney brought it up to him talking about the best players under him defensively. Um, And he mentioned you really early into some of the names he said. So I guess I wanted to see how that feels with you hearing that from the best coach in the country. No, I mean, it feels great. um, Especially because it was something I took pride in. Um, It was something that I, like despised if he even thought to uh, put a trap on a big I I hated that um and I don't think I let him by my senior year I could just say no and he would be like all right um but you know we'd be going through shoot around or something and he would kind of do it just to see my reaction and then once I told him no I got him then you know he would let me have those guys and um it was fun it was a challenge to me I mean even all the way to, uh, to Swanigan there at the end I mean I just I I loved that I loved that um taking pride in that and that one-on-one matchup. And there's all kinds of small tips and tricks I picked up, I think all the way back from my freshman year against um, Joel, because every day in practice I was going against him and it was like, all right, how am I going to stop him today? Um, And it was just something that I picked up little like uh, things I can do to kind of cheat different ways to make up for maybe being less athletic in certain areas or whatnot. Um, and use my strength in others. And um, it came to a point where, especially by my junior year, but definitely my, uh, uh, or especially by my senior year, but definitely my junior year, I felt like um, I could guard anybody one-on-one. And I I think that's a big help to the team because then you just don't have to worry about traps, which is a whole, you know, I mean, you spend a whole week in practice figuring out how to trap and rotate out of it and what shooters to get to. And if you can eliminate that and just say, okay, hey, Landon's got him, um, you know, that's a big advantage. So I do appreciate that from him. You know, obviously I wasn't the biggest shot blocker uh, or, you know, big play kind of guy, but there were a lot of small things that I took pride in, help defense, being in the right spot at the right time, that I think over time he realized, okay, there's a lot of things that Landon's doing on defense that's helping this team as a whole. Um, and so it was nice to get that recognition from him while I was playing there. And it's nice that, you know, even a few years after he's still, uh, you know, mentioning it. Yeah. And then yeah. a ton of, there's so many players that will come out and say like Bill Self is so good at getting his players to do certain things. Like he's so good at motivating his guys. So when he was saying that stuff to you, like we need to get a new big in here, I think that's what makes him so great because he knew exactly what he was doing with you to get you fired up and get you to do certain things that he's so good at. Yeah. He told me that for my my visit. He he said, hey, you know, uh, I, I think I said that senior night. He told me the only game that uh, you'll start here will be senior night. And if you start any other game, this program's going to be in bad shape. <laughs> it's like, okay, well. This you were is like eight, home, 17 but, years old. He's still- yeah, I was, I was, I was, I think I was 18, you know, about to commit there. But for me, um, I don't know if he got this 
vibe or if he just does this with everyone. But, you know, it really, um, I, I like, I appreciated the honesty and then it motivated me. You know, I wanted to go out there and um, prove that I, I could um, help this team and contribute. And, you know, I think a lot of things just took time. Um, and, you know, he just realized over time that those small things that don't show up that I can do for the team. Um, so it was nice to, to prove him wrong. And ultimately he became, you know, a big fan of mine and, you know, really pushed to, um, you know, help me a, along the way as well. Um, and so I, I do appreciate that from him. But yeah, he was always honest with me um, from the jump and brutally honest sometimes, but I, I, I took it um, and, and kept moving. And some guys can't. I've saw, um, seen some guys um, who respond negatively to that. And if you do, he's just going to, like, he feeds into that. If you show any sign of weakness, he, he just digs and digs until, you know, you either give up or you respond the way he wants. And I've seen some guys give up and, you know, end up transferring or not playing. And, um, you know, he really puts you at – that decision where you got to be like, okay, am I going to fully buy into this or am I going to, you know, take some other way out? Can you remember a specific moment where you believe that was the most mad you'd ever seen Bill Self? <laughs> most mad I've seen him. Okay, there's this story one time where um, I, I forgot what, I think we were um, at Oklahoma State. We, pro we probably lost. We had to lose because how mad he was. But it was like um, a blizzard storm outside. And we usually take um, like little planes, like private planes to those short yeah. trips like that. And it because of the weather, we had to, um, you know, take a bus instead. We weren't able to get on the planes. And we were driving back and uh, they had like ESPN on the little TVs and stuff. And they showed the highlights from our game. And I think uh, it, now that I remember, I think it was Marcus Smart. He was doing like backflips on the floor or something afterwards. Yeah. And he got so mad. And we, you know, we had like <laughs> headphones on. And, and I'm in the back. I sit all the way in the back with headphones on. And I could hear him yelling from the front at the TV. Like, I don't even know what he was yelling about, but I heard him yelling. Next thing you know, the bus pulls over. <laughs> he's pacing outside the bus for like 20 minutes. Like, I don't know what he's just, just needed a break. Something about that ESPN highlight triggered him so much that he was pacing in the snow. It's like blizzard storms outside and he's outside pacing back and forth. And that was probably, I mean, I don't, I didn't think I could, you know, even tell you one word he said, but whatever it was, it pissed him off so much that, that was probably uh, one of the times he was the most mad. I'm, there, I'm sure there's more, but that's and that, mine. That was definitely like a mental game, too, where he was like, I'm going to be so mad and I'm going to show these guys that I'm pacing yeah. in a blizzard. That's how pissed I am. And like, mm -hmm. that's that's what he is. He's he's just a genius when it when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. So cool. so your red shirt year, obviously, they had a ton of talent that year. Um, Wiggs, Wayne came in. Joel, obviously, was there. Is there certain moments like a, I guess, a welcome to college moment when you when you got there that year? Um, I would say probably, um, probably, yeah, my my first like week of practice. Um, it's just it's tough to prepare for that in high school. I was fortunate that um, I had some really good competition in high school. I always played up in AAU with a pretty good team. And then I went to Finley prep that had a ton of guys who ended up going on to uh, high level college basketball and NBA. So I kind of got a feel for that, um, but it was tough. I mean, we had so many guys and so many bigs those first Even few Even Tariq years. Black was there. 
Tari Black, uh, you know, yeah, I got in a fight with him one time. Where I, this is another story. I got in a fight with him. We were doing like a, a war rebounding or something like that. And uh, usually, you know, you get in this little scrum and practice, people are immediately jump in, you know, a little hold you back and stuff. We got into a scrum and not one person came in between us. They all were just looking. I'm looking around like, yo, is anybody going to come in? So I was like, all right, we just got to. We got to throw down. And he had the greatest quote of all time. I think he said, we have nothing but time and space. And I was like, all right, he's serious. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, you know, it, it was fun. Too. those are, those are uh, lessons that, you know, and just, just experiences you go through um, that just builds your character. I'm, you know, a freshman, uh, young kid going up against, you know, these, these monsters and Jeff Withy and then Tari Black, Joel Embiid. Um, you know, Jamari, all those guys. And so um, it definitely just was something that I, I could have, you know, taken the easy way out or, you know, uh, just grind through. And I'm happy that I took the choice to grind through it and, and you know, take those battles head on. Yeah. So yeah. you were you were obviously with the bigs all the time. And obviously Joel Embiid has a huge personality now. I feel like he was kind of a shy guy when he got to KU. Like, did it take him long to, I guess, get comfortable or show his personality well joel's funny because he comes off as shy but that's like his little like uh front to like be able to do whatever he wants because then he plays it off like oh i didn't know he that was his favorite thing like his friend i didn't know like yes you did uh, you know he would always play play that coy shy like this this kid you know just straight from africa doesn't know much you know just trying to make it through when really like he's always had that personality around the team uh, he may not have shown it early on, but uh, he definitely started getting confident. I remember, I think it was the Iowa State game where he went off at Iowa State, and after that, his home. whole his whole like vibe changed, and you definitely could see him start getting his little swag and confidence after that. He had the goggles on and stuff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, his development basketball wise was uh, something I've never seen before. Whenever you're around somebody. Uh, day in and day out, and you can see the improvement. Uh, I mean, he's he was making such big leaps, at, just practice to practice. It was ridiculous, and, and definitely, I guess his personality probably took leaps with his, his game as well. Yeah. So, not to transition to a negative question, but oh, we have kind of like an inside joke on this podcast where no matter what – by the end of an episode, we've somehow dragged ourselves into talking about the 2017 Oregon game. Oh, and shit. so opening <laughs> this up by saying this, I mean, we still say it to this day, like it's one of the most painful losses as a fan. I can't imagine what you guys felt like, but that's not really why I'm not just bringing it up to bring it up. My point is here in the, over the next few months, the big storyline is going to be the regionals in Kansas city. If KU gets a one seed, will they get the Kansas city? And so I, I wanted to ask you, do they, I mean, did the Kansas City aspect add like a different element of pressure? Did that change things for you guys in the Oregon game? Or was the Oregon game just one of those things where things went wrong and you just didn't have time to fix it? It's a good question. I'm going to be honest. I've thought so little about that game since going through it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, but um, but I, I'm, I, it could have, you know, now now thinking about it. Um, it very well could have. We had super high expectations. I mean, we ran through everybody up until that game. I don't think one person in the locker room expected to lose that game going into it. 
Um, it was just like, all right, this is just another team we go through, and then we're going to the Final Four. Um, easy as that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that could add a little bit of pressure, but that was just one of those games, too, where, I, I mean, it just felt like, oh, God, here here we go. And, and, and the Villanova game the year before, you kind of felt like that, but we also had some momentum swings in our favor, too, and, you know, we were able to bring it down to the end. Um, but that Oregon game uh, from start to finish was just uh, sickening. I, I, to this day, haven't watched it back, haven't thought much about it. For me personally, I mean, you have to understand, i from Oregon. Both parents went to Oregon. Dad played at Oregon. Dad was My dad was doing the talking duck. So he was the, uh, like, sports bra. He does their uh, pregame show and stuff oh, for Oregon. God. I was, like, recruit. Everybody wanted me to go there. I was hated when I decided not to go there to go to Kansas to the point where years later, my senior year playing them in the Elite Eight, I had to uh, uh, turn off my phone and then change my number because my number got out before that game. And I got unlimited text calls, death threats from Oregon fans that were just like, just so. Five years later, still bad about later. it? I mean, I to, to that was like the worst possible ending for me being from there and my ties with them and stuff. And then to just go out there and play as bad as possible, like not just me as a team, just everything just went as poorly as possible. Um, I mean, that was like, it was, it, it really hurt because that was the team that, you know, it just felt like I said, all of us felt, okay, we're going to the final four. Then we're going to figure it out in the final four and, more than likely, a lot of guys probably thought, okay, well, this is our chance to win a championship, especially coming off the year before where we yeah. felt that way in 2016. And then Villanova catches us, like run through Oklahoma the next game and then end up, you know, winning in the championship against North Carolina, which, I mean, I'll take our chances against North Carolina for sure. We oh, always beat yeah. North Carolina, it feels like. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, coming off of that, going into the next year and then steamrolling, it felt like everyone going into that game. Um, you know, yeah, Kansas City may have been a factor, but you always, it seems like um, you always go through a game like that in the tournament and you just have to hope that that game comes against a team that can't take advantage of it. And um, that was unfortunately a team that could. They had some NBA guys, some good players. I think last year you saw it, um, maybe the, I think it was Miami game or one of the games, but it was just against a team that wasn't to that level. Yeah. And they couldn't take advantage of it. And that's what we needed. We needed to have that happen against anybody, you know, that could yeah. still, you know, keep us in the game. We could use the crowd. But we, from start to finish, I, it was weird. It was, I was even – I didn't cramp all season. All of a sudden, that game, I was cramping up. It was just like weird vibes from start to finish. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. Nothing ever went right. And kind of like you said, like there's always a moment where KU makes a run, especially when the crowd's yeah, up. Right? It just never felt like you guys could string it together. And it, I mean. Yeah. And the, yeah, thing, that was, the thing that was really frustrating about that game, it was actually a tight game with like five or six minutes left in the first half. And then to end the half, they banked in like two or three threes to go up. I I forgot (laughs) all about, I couldn't. I'm sorry. We're sick. (laughs) We are sick humans that somehow always bring this game up. I think the championship in 2022 helped us heal a little bit. We've talked about it. Yeah. No, oh, I'm, sure. I'm sure it helps you guys. You know who it didn't help was, was <laughs> the guys from that team. You you know, Frank, myself, especially, the, you know, us, because the, the following year they were able to take it to the Final Four, which it just feels like Final Four, like it's like the championship before the championship. Once you're there, yeah. We accomplished that. And for us, you know, for myself, Frank, um, I, I think it was really just us two that that was the last year that had been through – the uh, obviously Tyler and stuff we had been through that um, Villanova game and then Oregon game. It's just like two teams that we should be in the final four, at least one of the two years and like both yeah. years to have that game where it's just like, eh, uh, that, that definitely hurts, but that's, that's what makes the tournament um, so fun as a viewer. And that's what makes it suck so much as a, a player because, like, if that's a series or something, we we smack yeah. them. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, that was like the worst possible game we could have played. Uh, and if we could have some more cracks at them, obviously, uh, you know, we would we would have won. But it's just one and done, and uh, you can't have that one bad game happen in the Elite Eight against a good team. We always yeah, we always say that if college basketball was like college football, Bill Self would be like Nick Saban. Like if you take the yeah. top four teams and yeah. the one seed show up and play two games, like self would have so many titles, but the tournament's just a crapshoot. You have nights like that, that Oregon game happens. So Jeez, um, I, yeah, it, it's tough, but it is what it is. I don't, I think we've only had maybe one player from that team on the pod, which is I was Mitch. Just thinking, uh, and I don't even, oh, yeah, because Mitch was somehow still there in 2017, but. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cause I remember him after LeGerald's 360, but. I've always wondered, like, and obviously you started played a ton of minutes, but was there ever times where you sat back and you're like, holy shit, this team is unreal? Yeah, I mean, many times, especially like Frank, I mean, the last two years, especially come um, March. I mean, I felt confident come March both years. I was, you know, uh, able to play 30 plus minutes, get all the confidence from coach. And then I had two point guards, which were like, I mean, for college point guards, like the best you could ask for in Frank and Devante, you know, we had Svee, Perry, Wayne that that uh, first year, and then off the bench, Jamari, Sheck, all those guys. And then the next year we reloaded and came right back. I mean, there were plenty of times where I truly felt like, okay, this, 
we we have to win. <laughs> but you know, that's me thinking in the sense that the better team's just gonna win the tournament, which is just not the case. You have to have things break your way. I think you saw that last year with the run to the championship. There were things that had to break their way. Um, and it's not always the best team that wins, but they played the best in the right situations, handled business along the way and and got a championship. And um, yeah, I mean, there were many times I looked at the, those teams and felt so confident. I mean, how can you not be confident when, um, you know, you're surrounded by guys who can get buckets on their own, guys who can take over games, guys who are freaks of nature, you know, like a Josh Jackson or LeGerald or all these guys. I, I mean, um, I, I definitely felt very confident in them. And, uh, you know, like I said, you just think as a player, okay, we're the best team we should win uh, until you're halfway through that final game where it's not going your way. And you're like, all right, well, this sucks. <laughs> we're going to have to figure something out. And, um, you know, that, like I said, that's just part of the tournament. But, yeah, it's it's fun to, to play on teams like that because you, you don't – believe that any game you shouldn't win and win handily. And that's how I felt um, for a majority of the second half of the season, my final two years. Yeah. All right. So to wrap this up a little bit, um, one, I was curious on like, one, do you have any futures out there that uh, we should be sprinkling some money on for this college hoop season? Two, do you have any futures on Kansas? And uh, three, do you believe this team can repeat? I guess those kind of tie together. Do you think yeah. this is actually possible? Um, as far as futures go, I hate futures because I don't like my money locked up for that long. Yes. I like to have some liquid money that I'm betting. Uh, but, you know, as far as can this team uh, repeat and stuff, I, I said it from early on. I remember my dad, who I do the podcast with, um, I said it, like, like I said, after the preseason games that this team – I believe has more potential or potential to be better than last year's team. And he was like, Oh, that's crazy talking this and that. I, I think they're showing it. They've shown everything. There's pieces to a team that are uh, very important. One being a, a good point guard that can lead you through things. Some, you know, that defensive mindset from a couple guys that can just shut guys down. We have that. Um, the ability to grind out, come back, put together stops in games where you're behind, all kinds of stuff, multiple guys who can hit shots. I mean, Grady's getting face guarded the whole time. Uh, unfortunately, they have, they're going to have to figure out something for, for him because every team in the Big 12 is just going to do that. So maybe have him setting screens. I don't know exactly what they can do, but he has to be um, able to get more into the game. But they've shown they have other guys they can go to that can step up. I think that la last part for me was just seeing what's going to happen with the five spot. And with what KJ has shown, uh, I feel pretty confident in the fact that this team has everything um, they're going to need by the end of the year um, to compete and, and win it again. It just all comes down to how the tournament breaks. And, and it, so it's so hard because, like, yes – um, can this team win? Yeah, there, there's a handful of teams every tournament. Um, I would say maybe five to eight most times that could win based off of, you know, uh, if things shake right for them. And they're going to be one of those teams again, if not towards the top half of that. It's just about how the tournament goes. And uh, we've just talked about it. Thanks to you guys about that Oregon game in 2017. And if That's they can just avoid that or have that happen, you know, in the earlier rounds, 
um, yeah, 100% this team can. And if I was betting futures, uh, yeah, I would I would put some money on them uh, to, to, to make it back to the Final Four and then uh, win it again because this team does have um, everything it needs. And it's going to come down to, I think, how they handle – uh, a team with some bigs, you know, if they run into Purdue or something, like what, what do you do against, uh, you know, ED? Um, how do you handle a situation like that? Um, but you have the best coach in the country. Um, so like, you know, he's going to figure it out. And if you're putting money on anybody, I'm going to put my money on coach self with a team that has all the pieces they need and options off the bench that may not have even, you know, shown their full potential yet. So there's, there's more room for this team to grow moving forward. Um, and we could see a, a really good team come March. Yep. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll let you get out of here. We appreciate you, you coming on. I will say this. So Landon does host a podcast. As he said, it's the glue guys podcast. You did that interview with Bill Self after the Natty last year. And I highly suggest any KU fans that have not listened to that to go back and listen to him. Cause it was, was it was fun. rare. And it's like what we like to do with this podcast is get guys on and kind of just get away from the, you know, typical media type stuff. And you mm. guys got Bill to loosen up and I thought it was awesome to listen to. So nah, yeah. good work I appreciated that. that from him too. Cause you know, he, he is, he's like that with us um, off camera and stuff, but you know, he, he does put on a, a different he's head coach, yeah. you know, he has to be different um, when he does podcasts or interviews or whatever it may be. So it was nice to have him loosen up and open up. And, you know, I, I could tell that that was something that he emphasized going into it, um, that he was going to, you know, be like that. So I appreciated that. And we, we got some gems from that. So that was fun. And I've had a good time, you know, uh, being able to catch up with some guys through that podcast. Yep. All right, man. Well, we appreciate you coming on, and uh, who knows? Might have you, might have you back before March. Yeah. We'll talk. We'll talk some more, uh, some more picks, more hawks. So appreciate. Yeah, you for sure. On. I'll be around. All all I gotta do is make sure my little two kids are okay, and outside <laughs> of that, I'm pretty free. So yeah, I'd be happy to anytime. Thank Love you for it. coming on, Lando. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.